1: hang you guys up either no no hang up but i i'm yeah because it's two of you guys i'm doing it doing the video usually it's just audio anyway so yeah not a big deal
2: that's all i'm using is just the audio so
1: well let's get this uh party started sounds good cool so we're on with teron and seth uh of with guys behind e hunter up, boys it's been uh, a couple years right 20 it has been. what I are know. we in 21 yeah we're into so 21. 2019 hunt expo yeah
2: 2019 but, hunt expo yeah i, I think sure you guys were it? my
1: my first it was either you or or do utah but no it was you guys you guys were my first live interview
2: no way i, I didn't 20, know that yeah
1: yeah, like that's all awesome. face to face. Yep. That was the first Dude, one. I, I, that was I, a- I was pretty nervous, but I bet you I didn't show that shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you seem like a pro at it. So <laughs> that was a cool uh, podcast because we had elk bugle contest oh, going dude, on behind awesome. us and i mean that there was really no better place to record a podcast
1: no we were right next to the phelps booth and we had yeah jason dirk i think charles <laughs> was there and then all the ladies everybody's blowing piping off and i mean that was three four days of that and it was just amazing yeah, But then we're yeah, back on cool. this year i'll be back in the ia booth so if you guys are are there you're gonna have to swing in again i was gonna ask if
2: you're which booth you're gonna be in yeah, yeah i would love to stop by we're gonna be there hanging out we'll probably spend a lot of our time in the vortex booth but uh but yeah we'll be hanging around and we'll about to come over and say hi
1: heck yeah yeah i'll uh planning to record out of ia and then uh i may or may not be in the burris booth uh and then i was talking to aj about jumping over to the velvet antler technology booth and getting a couple apps over there with them and just you know kind of moving around and seeing what we could uh come up with in terms of conversation (laughs) it's a
2: good place to talk Mm -hmm. i mean it's a great place to to network and talk to a bunch of people and get to i mean hell i wouldn't know you if it weren't for uh for that so i mean we kind of knew each other via instagram Mm -hmm. but it was good to kind of get to know each other there in person and actually talk to each other yeah
1: heck yeah The, the good and evil of uh of social media is a hot topic man Ooh, isn't it ever? I swear it gets hotter and hotter each day too. <sighs> so here, let's do this. So let's, let's tell folks and I, and hold that thought. And I, I want to get you guys' take on it, but let's, let's tell folks about eHunter because you guys have, have blown up over the last couple of years. I think eHunter had literally just started back in 2019 mm-hmm. um, or just before. And and to see that growth, man, has been pretty substantial. So tell everybody about eHunter and then I want both of you to chime in on and I don't want to make it about social media. Right. But the the goods and the the good and the evil and, and where we're at in terms of tech as as our demographic seems to have to fight through that crap um, with our post and our beliefs and our values, et cetera. Have at it.
2: Yeah, I'd be, be happy to Um Yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about eHunter. So you're right. Back in 2019, we were in our infancy. I still feel like we're kind of at that. I still feel like we're learning new things every day, but yeah, we had just started eHunter. And basically for those that don't know, eHunter stands for Electronic Hunt Resource. We're uh, just an online resource for hunters, trying to be that ultimate resource that people go to for news, for how-tos, product reviews, everything. Um, We've had our ups and downs over the year, as, as we'll talk about, especially with the social media stuff. And whatnot, but um it actually started out with with a couple of guys, uh, Monty Miles and Curtis Larson. They're actually the ones that started it. They brought me on right before the Hunt Expo in 2019. I, so I had just barely started and started the podcast and, went, and was doing that. And then um they started kind of moving on to different adventures. And so we brought Seth on, and I'll let Seth introduce himself and tell us a little bit about him, so everybody kind of get to know him a little bit better. But uh, once we brought Seth on. Uh, uh, things really did start to boom. Um, we started just pumping out article after article about news, and you know, and there's been a lot of uh, news that's happened in the hunting industry, whether it be wolves being introduced into Colorado or different legislations, other legislations being passed throughout the country, elk reintroductions, bighorn introductions. I mean, a lot of cool stuff has happened in the hunting world. And so as we put out those articles and talked about it on social media and YouTube and all those things, um, yeah, it really started to, to blow up. Um, we started some great partnerships and that really helped kind of propel us in the right direction. And then honestly, kind of just going back to that, what we were talking about in the beginning it, with the, uh, networking, you know, going to hunt expo, talking to people, getting to know people, you know, that's cool. The cool thing about our world and i it's kind of weird to say it like that but our world of hunting is that everybody actually is very cool everybody wants to help each other out everybody wants to build each other up i mean you look at these guys and you know they look like tough son of a guns and you know they they just don't look like they'd be the people that they are but they're very nice genuine hard-working helpful people and so you know, by the grace of that, we've really been able to grow eHunter into what it is today. And honestly, we've got a a long ways to go um, with what we have planned. And Seth, I'll turn it over to you to kind of share whatever else you want to share and tell us a little bit about you.
3: Yeah. So you guys don't get to see my pretty face like Terrence. He's the face. He's the face (laughs) of the company. I I just do all the work. That's right. Um,
2: You remember that, Seth. You remember that. Um,
3: So, yeah, I, I actually joined. I'm sorry. I've got a bit of a throat thing today so i sound a little weird but um i joined E hunter in early yeah in in yeah yeah Uh, sorry bro oh you're good um so i joined in uh early 2020 and i actually joined as just a a writer um and as i continued to produce content for him taryn and monty and curtis uh approached me and they're like dude you do a lot of work we would we would like to offer you you know some some stake in the company and i jumped at it um and we've been going at it ever since uh constantly i mean the new cycle just like any new cycle doesn't end when the hunting season ends so uh we're constantly producing stuff and, and uh, i'm having a lot of fun doing it <laughs> so um but yeah overall i'm i'm really excited this will be my first expo as a true member of e-hunter since they went. And shut it down <laughs> yeah, because of you know the pandemic um but yeah i will uh, be really excited to be there and meet everybody and uh, wade into
1: all that stuff so so what are the things that that is nice about eHunter right and and i'm not i'm not blowing smoke up anybody's arse or anything like that um and i'm not bashing on any other outlets but you guys have a unbiased approach, right? It's this is what it is. There's no opinion on it, but this is what it is. And here's the fight or here's the issue. And it's just talking. It's just, you know, and I'm sure there's opinion columns, um, but the journalistic approach is very unbiased, right? Which is not what we're used to nowadays, right? And it's actually, it's nice to read through an article and just hear the facts of the issue. Right. Not yeah. a bunch of, you know, we're raising this X amount of dollars. And, and it's like, no, you're not. That shit's been going on for four years over here on this <laughs> side with X, Y and Z. I, you know what I mean? It's just always so biased, no matter what we're looking at. They, you know, just look at us, look at us. And it's it's so nice to I digress. It's so nice to read something that just deals with the issue itself um, and gives facts about something. then you can take away and further research and then formulate an opinion.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny about that is we actually get kind of both sides of that. Like, say we write an article about uh, the wolf introduction. I'm just going to use that one as an example. And people jump on us all the time. Like, boy, you should be hating on that and be completely against that. And I mean, personally as a hunter, yeah, of course I'm, I'm against that because I want my, I want the ungulates to do great in Colorado. But if you read one of our articles about it, we're not going to sit there and bash the the leftists. We're not going to sit there and bash the people that voted uh to introduce wolves exactly what you're saying is we just give the facts of it so people know exactly what's going on so what we do we try to be very unbiased there are times it sneaks in a little bit and there are some it. opinion pieces right. yeah you really can't i mean that's yep. that that's who i we are yeah um, but it is
3: go ahead seth no oh, i was just gonna say i've been called uh on two separate articles talking about wolves in different states. I've been called anti-wolf and I've been called pro wolf by two separate groups. <laughs> so
0: figure. Well, yeah, and
2: we, we even tried to do that on the podcast though, too. You know, we we've had some pretty uh pretty high up people that have been on our podcast. Senators have been on our podcast talking about these kind of topics wolves in Idaho was one of them that we did with the Senator in Idaho. And, uh, you know, I tried to just keep on level ground on even ground, not trying to throw out my personal views of it, but try to just get the facts from him, what his views are of it, why they're doing it and whatnot. And, you know, some people were like, Taryn, we appreciate that. We appreciate you being that way. But the other people were like, Oh, man, why don't you give him the business? Why don't you tell him this is how it is? And, you, know, <laughs> it, you know, it's just not my place in, in that position to
1: do that. But there's a time and place for that. Right. And if you're trying exactly. to get to the heart of an issue and if you approach that on a bias with a bias, you're going to immediately put someone on the defensive and. Well, that might explain some marriages, right, and the yeah. problems at home with Mama, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just calling exactly. what it is. But but if you if you go into it with like that you really shut yourself off from learning anything that, you know, you didn't know that you thought you might've known everything, right? Because we're the smartest mofos in the world in our heads. And exactly. it's just a bad approach. Right. And and again, yeah. the platform is spreading fact. Uh, if you want an opinion, well, you can ask 50,000 people, you can get an opinion from anywhere. So I, me, myself, I appreciate that, you know, to hell with them folks. And, and yeah, if you have a, a Furthermore, (laughs) the fact that you can stop, turn off your opinion or your bias and have an educated conversation um, and write something based on fact, that says a lot in this day and age. Because most people don't even think about doing it from a place where it's just here's the info, folks, with no Mm -hmm. bias, you form your opinion on the info. We complain about it, but yet. Will get scrutinized or talked mess to or whatever because you didn't go in with a bias. It's, it's ridiculous, and we're asking for it from, you know, the mainstream type stuff.
2: Yep, most news places, you know, that's what they live and die on is those extremist ideas. They want that clickbait, whatever is going to get somebody's attention. That's why when you turn on the news, you see murders, you see school shootings, you see all these things that are really going to get people fired up over it um and you know we could be that way but it's really not our mo it's not something that we want to do we want people to come to e-hunter to learn something learn the facts about it you know it may change their opinion it might help shape their opinion whatever the case may be we want it to be a resource to them to help their their opinion whatever that may be and you know another big focus we talked about this on our last podcast with you i believe um is a lot of our audience is actually new hunters. Um, We've had a lot of people reach out with questions saying, Hey, I'm a new hunter. Enjoy your uh, site because it has a lot of information that I just don't know because I'm new to this thing. And so we, we try to be that unbiased approach for them as well so that they don't come into it and immediately, Oh, I, I hate, this legislation or i hate this uh social media hunter because he's just in it for the clicks or whatever you know we we don't want to be that way we want to just be a resource where people can come to learn and then develop their their opinions
1: from there so so how does that look with with that idaho situation um and the wolves i know they kind of just said open season right now right yeah man those numbers they're they're uh it's unreal. I mean, it,
2: people know this. With wolves, they, they reproduce so fast and they just dominate an area because they're the ultimate predator. You know, there's nothing that, that can overpower them other than us humans. But even as humans, I mean, you're pretty lucky. Have, has anybody on this call killed a, a wolf? <laughs> I haven't. Nope. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it, it's pretty much impossible. You not know, not impossible, but it's tough to do. And so those numbers in Idaho continue to climb and climb and climb to the point that it's, it's impacting a lot of different things. Um, if anybody's been elk hunting in, in Idaho, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you, you, when you go elk hunting, you want to enjoy, like, just like we talked about with the Phelps booth, you want to hear those elk bugling, you want to communicate them. That's how you want to attack and approach elk hunting, but it's really not that way in Idaho anymore because An elk's not going to bugle. If an elk bugle, that's just saying, hey, wolf, come and eat me. And so, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the state, to their credit, and here's my – this is kind of trying to be level ground here. The state is doing what they can. They're trying to do everything they can to – kind of mitigate what has become of the wolves there. And, you know, to a point they kind of have stepped back on some of the things they've done and said, yeah, we did things the wrong way, but this is how we're going to try and fix it. And so they're, they're trying to do the right things, but uh, they've got an uphill battle ahead of them. And once you agree, Seth,
3: I, I do. And and the one thing that they're going to have to be careful with going forward and, and they'll do a good job of it is monitoring how many they take, because the big fear from the groups that were even pro hunting, but against this increase was that if they kill too many, the federal government can step in and put them back on the endangered species list, And then the state managing them, it's out the window. So as long as they track what they're killing and let's be honest, you and I both know they're canines. I mean, coyotes, the same thing. What can't you never get rid of coyotes? And and now that you've introduced wolves, it's a very similar situation. They're living in country that's hard to access, hard to get to. And and trappers are by far your most successful group there. Um, But same thing, you're just going to have to keep track and and make sure your numbers are right. Because if you get close to that 150 range, the feds are going to jump in and and immediately put them back on the endangered species list. And uh, then your SOL and they're going to have another 1500 or 2000 or how many ever they
1: actually have. In the forest again, again I don't know how you, I mean, they can fly over counts and stuff like that, man. It's so inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so- I, I don't know how they're, especially with an animal like that, right? They're, they're pretty elusive. Although yeah. I've seen a few, uh, <laughs> seen a few pictures lately where there's a couple guys that have just, seem to have figured it out (laughs)
2: you know that and that's a good point guys that they are we are figuring it out we're Mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out how to hunt these things which is kind of cool because i mean i would I, i love predator hunting i don't know if you guys get to do that much but i love going coyote calling i love going you know hunting bobcats and whatnot um wolves would be cool i'd love to hunt wolves and we are starting to figure it out and, and starting to make at least some way impact mm-hmm. i love watching social media and seeing those, oh, uh, man, the, those
1: posts uh, the stuck in the rut guys are yeah <laughs> yeah they got figured out they they, have it figured it. Out. <laughs> they are getting it so another thing that's come up um and i've been detached man i've really been focused on getting, you know, the, uh, getting out of here and whatnot. So I, I, someone hit me up today and asked me what I thought about the situation in Wyoming um, with this, you know, landlocked public and this, uh, you know, the crossover, corner crossing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Have you guys looked at that? you have anything um, that's coming out to talk about that and what's going on there?
2: Yeah, actually, we're following that case pretty closely. So there's four uh, gentlemen in Wyoming that, um were cited for, they call it corner crossing basically. And so you have a, a piece of public and then you can step corner, corner, so caddy corner, whatever you wanna call it into another piece of public property. Historically, it's been considered illegal to do that because it's almost impossible to find the survey stake, step directly across and know exactly where you're at because you know GPS data just really isn't good enough to really tell. But at that in the same breath, you know, if you think about it logically, well, if a person could do that and with you know, things like Onyx and these other mapping systems really improving, you know, could you really show that you step from public to public? And so that's what they're fighting in the court system right now. I honestly, personally, um, Here's my, here's my biased. <laughs> we just talked about us not being biased and here I'm going to be biased about it. Um, they have a GoFundMe account set up to help these guys out, help fight this battle because as hunters, this could open up a whole new world for us. Hundreds of thousands of acres would be opened if they would, uh, if, if this, if this case if gets admit, dismissed and they are not fined or whatever they are, whatever's going to happen to those guys. If this gets dismissed, this gives us as hunters the opportunity to continue to push other states, Colorado, Utah, all these other ones that have a lot of public-private areas that are close to each other to really open that up. And like I said, hundreds of thousands of, of acreage that we'll be able to access.
1: So was that, now was that case a trespass to hunt or just a trespass case? Just a trespass. They, they considered it a trespassing case that uh, the, the
2: guys would have stepped on private property when so they made it over that it. corner jump.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's interesting. So, right. Because that's an airspace thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I've heard of this before. So I started looking and I, and what I heard of it here in California, cause I mean, you can't go anywhere without having landlocked. Right. And there right. was, there was areas here and they're probably still doing it where they were, guys were paying to, uh, fly a helicopter into landlocked pieces. Um, you know that are that are bordered uh by that private but it's an interesting thing right because if you if you get that access are we the problem i have is that there's a reason that the access has been blown right mm-hmm a right. lot of times and yep. with ranchers or whatnot. Right. And that's typically because of some yahoos that go in and they abuse a privilege, right? They don't just walk exactly. through, Hey, that thing is right here. I'm going to shoot it. Um, so we, we tend to do some detriment to ourselves there, but do now, do we start to pit and that's how this feels just from the little tiny bit I saw today, cause I'm detached. It, it almost feels like it's going to pit, us against them, and we don't need another us against them <laughs> battle, right? I mean, I I get it, right? Wyo has something like four million acres of of <laughs> landlocked public land, uh, yep. and and a lot of it, a lot of it does have drive through, walk through, most of it walk through access. From what I know, I was on walk through access there in twenty eighteen. Um, so there is that, but I I just feel like when these issues come up, there's a better way. And I get if they're fighting the state and the, and, and that's where we're helping with a legal fund, yeah. but there's gotta be a better way. So we don't pit another group against our demographic, man, because it always, it seems like we're always on the, the dirty end of the stick, um, in a lot of instances. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of good information out on this and, um, I mean, you can, you can go to us to it, but there's. If you guys are on social media, Stephen Ranella posted about this uh, just the other day. Maybe it was yesterday, even, and uh, this really good long post explaining the kind of the the situation. But you're right. I mean, this can be a bad situation, and it can create a little uh, more hate towards hunters. And I guess what I tell people is, you know, think about it if it was your property, you know, if that private property was your property, how would you feel about somebody coming and crossing over Because you're right, there's yahoos that go in there and make this a big issue. I think if people were to abide by the laws and do, you know, be upstanding people, this wouldn't be an issue at all. But because some people abuse it, it becomes an issue. But I would recommend trying to, again, trying to keep that bias out of there is try to think about, well, what if you were the landowner, how would you approach this versus, and then also look, if you're a hunter, how would you approach this and, and try to find that common ground where we, where we could come together to make this work without creating a big fight, without creating a lot of hate. Cause you're right. That's the last thing we need Man. is more people coming down on us. Cause we,
1: <laughs> we've got enough of that. And, and I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't fight for, these issues, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think it's it's all about an approach. Right. And if we're going to go in and, and, you know, have an argument and fight this guy's legal battle with the state, then that's fine. But let's come to the table with the ranchers, the farmers, whoever it may be, and sit down and, and try and figure something out um, to where, you know, both sides, it's amenable for both sides. And we're and we're getting access, but we're not putting someone up against us. I, we were planning to be in Wyoming. I'm always planning to be in Wyoming, but it keeps me out. <laughs> it's like, man. So anyhow, <laughs> we were looking, right. And, and we had found, and I was like, look, there's, you know, there's all this, this land here. And Wyoming does a great job with, you know, with like private land uh, opportunities right on, on their website. And we found this little old lady, man, $100 access. Yeah. Wow. And so we called her, right? And she and and she was just the sweetest thing. My buddy was, you know, we we kind of take task. And he said, man, he goes, she she would love to, but she stopped doing it a couple of years ago. And I go, hunters. And she said, Yep. She had two paying guys, ended up with six guys taking animals. So we do it to ourselves. Like you we really those do. those jack legs. Right, and they they could be the most ethical, responsible guys in the world in all instances. That wasn't right. right. So two guys paid, six guys hunting. There's a problem with that, and mm-hmm. that's what worries me with something like this right now. Oh, I didn't understand it. It was this that you know what I mean? People that for whatever reason, it's just the nature of things. And man, we are. We are up against it like we've never been up against it in in my lifetime, in my hunting career right now, more than ever. So any little thing is going to be weighed against us, man. And it seems like that weight is heavier and heavier and heavier, you know, you're
2: you're right. We're doing it to ourselves. And if you hop on our website and look at you know, look at the last 40 articles that have been published on our website, how many of those are poaching Articles. You know, it, it's crazy how much we do it to ourselves. If we could just be law abiding, ethical, upstanding people, which, granted, please hear me out there, everybody. I'm not saying everybody's a bunch of jack wagons doing stupid stuff, but. <laughs> those are the ones that do get the attention. It breaks my heart every time we put one up on our website, because I mean, it is news and it, people need to know what's going on with it. And we still try to keep that unbiased because I'd love to jump on there and just bash the sh- crap out of <laughs> <laughs> those guys, But I don't, I try to keep it, you know, pretty fair. Seth does as well. All of our writers do. Um, But it would be, you know, it would be easy, but it just paints uh, us in a bad light as hunters. And so, yeah, I agree. We've, we've got to get away with that away from that and, uh, yeah. Be, be better in all
1: instances. <laughs> and, and honestly, this is a, fi- this is something that that's been going on in wild for, for quite some time. I think it was April of this year. Um, the, the TRCP, uh, and, and Onyx had a little film that they put out about it, um, mm-hmm. and have been trying to raise funds and fight this battle since earlier this year. Right. I mean, yeah. 4 million acres, dude, that is not a, not a little bit of land. Right. Um, so what do we think now, now here, now here's where people will get fired up. So you have, you're landlocked and now we're selling hunts on this property and we're selling hunts on this property. Four to seven, 8,000, I guess, depends on the area. And a lot of that is because of that. You know what I mean? I mean, the yeah. opportunity for them to use that public, um, In those paid hunts. Now that is something they need to get a handle on and there needs to be a line in the sand there. That shit isn't fair, right? Because now a guy is paying, call it 10 grand, right? To hunt this, this great unit. Uh, And he's hunting, he's paying $10,000 on public, essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they take 10 bulls a year and five come off public. That's that's public money. And you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some there's some guide interest. there, some guide money there. Um, So there's all these little things I think that need to be brought to the table in the discussion and not just this all out. And that's where I hope it doesn't go right is this all out shit show where everyone is just saying, open it, open it. It's okay to cross it. It's like, hey, do a little homework. Look at everything involved with this, how the ranchers are affected, how the guides and outfitters are affected, what their effect is on us by using that the public pieces of that, not even that parcel, but outside of that parcel um, for for the monetary gain. You know, how does that affect the state and et cetera, et cetera?
2: Yep. I 100% agree with all that. And there, there is a way to do this. I mean, it, sh- it will take more time. It'll take more effort. It's not going to be as easy as saying, yeah, open it up and let everybody in. And you know, it, and it really shouldn't be that way. And like, you, you kind of talked about walking access, you know, there, there's a lot of great areas that have walk in access. And if we can maybe take some of that, some piece of that I, as hunters, we just want more opportunity. That's really what we want. And you can see that in a lot of our articles. It's just, hey, there. here's a new opportunity. Like Utah just opened up some new uh, public land that we can actually now hunt here in Utah. You know, we get excited about those kind of things. So yeah, maybe it's not all of the, the land that is going to be accessible, but work it out, make it look, you know, make it look good, make it as a good situation as possible for everybody involved. It may not be perfect, but make it as good as possible. And then allow, you know, some kind of walk-in access or allow some crossing um, corner crossing or, or
1: whatever the case may be. Uh, Seth, what do you think? Cause I think I I don't, I would hate to see an area like that Hmm. be open to driving through. Right. I don't don't want to drive through easement. The reason that I want to corner cross is because I want that pristine opportunity that being surrounded by that private opportunity. Right. Right. What's your take on walking in or. Well, so
3: so corner crossing has been a a really hard thing to pin down in Wyoming because because in years past, uh, you can find this stuff on the Internet and search it. Certain county sheriffs in Wyoming won't prosecute a corner cross. They've they've got a sign up. They've got a note tells the tells the ranchers, tells the hunters, don't call and complain about a corner cross because I don't have the time to argue about it. And then obviously other counties, as we can see, are definitely going to prosecute it. Um, I'm with you. I think if if there's a solution to be had, it's got to be some really small easement that allows people to walk through it but not drive or or you know i mean there's a situation in montana there's a huge section i think it's in 530 or something there's a huge piece that's a blm land that's completely landlocked and for years and years people were hiring out uh prop planes to drop them off and elk hunt um and the ranchers have been pissed and and it's created a bigger issue because now the ranchers who i i'm kind of with you They are selling elk tags, but you can't tell me they're not killing some elk on that BLM chunk. Um, They're mad. So they're never going to come to the board to talk to the fishing game because the hunters just said, well, screw it. We'll go over the top and fly in. We don't want an issue that we don't want that issue to happen all over. If we can come up with a solution where even if you have to do it kind of like Montana's block management, where you've got to sign in and only so many people can be signed into that walk in access, to walk into an area
1: or, or something. I mean, there's gotta be a solution that we can come up with together. That's I I guess there's, there's tort and retort on, on both sides, Mm -hmm. right. With all the different pathways to do this. Cause man, how, that would be badass! I'm not going to BS you. Right. You know what I mean? Going in on a little Mm -hmm. cub or something or a heli and, and going into some pristine area. Only thing I, I don't know that I would try it in Montana, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe Yellowstone <laughs> has me a little freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, although they Montana's getting a little soft because they got all the hipster coffee bars yeah. and whatnot rolling. Through all, the, <laughs> all the Californians are softening them up, especially on the
2: oh, in the uh, mountain. Oh, Mount here we bananas. go with the California oh, thing, dude. I mean, I mean, <laughs> he I, he mean I mean, it.
3: I mean. Let me rephrase. Um, <laughs> no, don't
2: rephrase it, man. There's no going <laughs> back from
3: it now urbanites. Brother. How about that? <laughs> urbanites. That get them a shovel. The not urbanites.
1: Necessar- not necessarily <laughs> urbanites. Californians, urbanites. <laughs> well, look at look hey dude, I I'm I'm going to say it and I've said it a few times, Seattle is way worse than LA and I don't care yeah. what you hear. Look at look at the crazy show that is Seattle and then you yeah. just go a little bit further south and Portland. look at Portland. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Portland's we did not way. see that level of of absurdity here um yeah right? you know the mayor of my town he had we had friggin we were locked down he he was like yeah you come here you're not gonna last long and uh when they did the early on the the COVID crap um you know they started with the, they call them riots right with the looting and shit and uh-huh. uh, they were marching up from long beach do they were like maybe a couple blocks down and uh didn't last they just kept going wow. <laughs> they, just, they did not stop he was like hey we wouldn't he said go you know if, yep. they, if they come here go so it's pretty yep. nice um that we're in that, that situation here but it was right. yeah
2: it's too bad because you know you think, you look at areas like up by seattle or up by portland man there's some amazing hunting around those areas i love to get myself in those mountains yeah, and buddy. do some hunting but it's just uh
3: <laughs> i mean impossible look at the state that is rolling out the the initiative to try to ban all livestock and hunting and, and anything that would uh anything to do with livestock or hunting or anything that would hurt an animal
1: they're trying to ban it outright So okay we got to talk about that i have a lot of friends in oregon oregon was actually on on the top of the this is where we're relocating to list and then oh, wow. that, that crazy that crazy mofo governor up there. I was like, she's, she is, she's crazier than this Newsome dude. Yeah. And, uh, have you seen the picture of her? I'm sorry. (laughs) There's a picture of that woman. I apologize, lady. (laughs) And she has, she has this effing, uh, I can't say it on, I don't want to say it. She has a, uh, the freaking mask on her face and it's like, it's a Christmas wreath and it's like Christmas flowers. And I mean, it's just hideous. It's like, it's gaudy as all get up and has a snow globe in front of her freaking pie hole. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and it is, it's like, you. <laughs> You mm. are absolutely batshit crazy to walk around with something like that and, oh. and then take a picture and <laughs> it's like that That's shit just is a, not okay. <laughs> she's just asking for it. Oh, it's like <laughs> and just you know that it's just it's absurd. It's like what we're living in, it's like I watched The Matrix. I haven't seen The Matrix in <laughs> ten years, right? And I watched <laughs> the Matrix the other day and I was like, Oh, this shit makes way more sense now. It, does. <laughs> it really does. Uh. <laughs> When, uh, when he opens his hand and he was like, the red pill <laughs> or the blue pill. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but it, you know what I mean? Uh, but there's no good pill right now. It right. Right. Every I don't care what color the pill is, man. It's a horse pill. It's going to be yep. hard as hell to swallow. Right. Yep, Everything right. is so one way or the other. And this. Yep. You, you can't straddle the fence on anything without taking a lashing from somebody. You know, if yeah. you're, if you don't think like Seth or, or Taryn thinks, then, you know, screw you. you you're just a, a POS. And it's just. Oh God. But anywho, I digress. It, that woman is crazy <laughs> as all hell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it seems like the, like we used to be pretty close together and I know people can't see my hands, but you're, we used to be somewhat close together, left and right or wh- whatever the two sides are. You can call it left and right. You can call it whatever you want, blue and red. Um, but it just seems to get further and further apart and the further apart it gets, it, 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 it's getting worse. It's getting horrible. And so it, it's hard to associate yourself with one or the other because they're so freaking far out there at this point so and yeah oregon is is one of them that's that's way out there oh man man. it's the same thing you talked about it's the eastern side of the state
3: versus the western side of the state and they're on completely different planets Mm
1: -hmm. yes and no with oregon i think i think there's some you know that that redmond area i think has has that it's probably a little softer feeling there um right but I I don't know that it would just be just the Western because I mean if you come south of south of Portland, Portland man you you know you really don't feel it I, right. I I feel for the folks up there man I mean just a beautiful place all that nature all the outdoor opportunity and they're looking at just sucking it away and it's just like that makes no sense mm-hmm. you know, what's odd to me and I don't expect everyone to understand what it is to have blood on your hands right? I don't expect everyone to want to partake and I appreciate and respect their decision. But to pull that opportunity from someone, I think most of us are good people because of that. There, were, yeah. there are some hunters that are assholes, man. You yeah. catch me in about three, four months in the off season and I'm a complete <laughs> douche, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's folks that would be like that all the time yeah. If it was if it wasn't for what hunting teaches you, right the the, right. the the trial and tribulation that we go through and and screw cliche I'm going with a bunch of them um the blood sweat and tears all of that is part of the pursuit and yes there's like this this goal-oriented you know euphoria if you will that comes along with it but right. man the the circle of life to the Have your hands painted red and the respect and admiration you have, not just for that animal, but for the pursuit all the way around. right? And then how we look at our public lands, I'll tell you, being here, people do not give a fuck, excuse my language, about public lands and keeping them clean and pristine like hunters and fishermen fly fishermen in particular, excuse me, guys that are out there chasing, cause I have seen you guys dropping your beer cans out of the bass boat. Um, <laughs> you know that I go up here, man, in my local range. And since this scamdemic pandemic thing to see the amount of trash after a weekend on the mounting on the mountain is, is so concerning and so alarming for the lack of respect that we have for our planet. I mean, I don't want to get into like some, you know what I mean? People be like, he's from California, climate change, bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Seth will start slamming me again. No, no. I, I, didn't.
2: Californians. I wasn't you all Californians. I, I reworded
1: it. I reworded it. Um, the urbanites. But, That's it, right. but it is so, it's just scary, man, to look at it from, those, from that lens. But I don't think those people even know how to look through that lens because they're so detached from it, right? They're yep. sitting in some freaking office and they have this touchy feely thing, but they don't really know what it is to be out there in that food chain, in that circle of life. And, and they miss, I'm going to step out on a limb. I'm going to say they're missing 80% of it by just, yep. you know what I mean? Having those blinders on.
3: Somebody else always takes care of everything. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I'm, not necessarily just the food aspect but back to your your trash aspect someone else will take care of it because when they're in the office or whatever else they're doing somebody else does take care of it but they go out to the field they throw beer cans trash old couches i mean we see it here same thing the shooting range you know old tvs they toss them out and leave
1: and it's like Dude, just pick it up, Drove it out here. (laughs) There's an area that I drive through. It's probably about midway to my hunting area. And you go up there on a Saturday and Sunday and it's, you know, probably 4,500 feet, if that. And it's a nice, easy access to the, to the creek down there. And if you get in there, Sunday evening or Monday morning or Tuesday morning, dude, it's full of flipping diapers and water Mm -hmm. bottles and McDonald's and leftover barbecue stuff. And I've seen, I've seen ash, like charcoal ash dumped out. And it's just like, what, what in the world? Close it. Like, please close the area cut us off, mm-hmm. because if right. that's what we have to deal with, I, I don't want anyone there. If I have to go in there and see that and deal with that and wonder what's going to happen to the animals in this area where well, our animals aren't, they're doing OK, but it's not great herds. Right. I'd rather right. not have access for a while if if that's what I have to see when I go up there, because it's not the same going in and, and just breathing in that fresh air looking around and seeing the colors that I want to see and not the shiny water bottles and crap floating down the creek.
3: And I think it's crazy. The dedication, it almost seems like some of them have to P (laughs) trash.
1: It's It's insane.
3: This year on the, on the rifle deer hunt in Utah, I was, I mean, I wasn't terribly far from a road because the unit I hunt is pretty pockmarked marked with roads and, and access, but I was probably, you know, 8,400 feet up on the side of a mountain, about a mile from a road and came out on a good cliff point to glass. And there was nine crushed up beer cans sitting on the cliff. I'm like, obviously that was a hunter who sat there and glassed and drank nine beers. And then I'm like, you hiked up here with the weight of full beer cans. And then you left the empties crushed instead of putting them in your pack and bringing them back down to the truck. Doesn't make any sense to me.
2: <laughs> it, you didn't want that open alcohol
1: container in the truck, yeah, so you had yeah. to leave it, leave it on the mountain. I mean, think about like you know, people. I did a episode. I don't know. It was probably what was that 20 2020 with my son. We went on. He went on his first elk hunt with me, and I was and I was pissing and moaning because I, I I don't I won't drop if I drop a lit ball out of my pocket. I'm like, where is it? Right. I mean, that that may be extreme, but, you know, the the aspirin like out of a first aid kit, I picked up three of those little packs and I think it starts that way. Right. Is uh, it's just mm-hmm. a piece of paper. It'll. It'll biodegrade. Right. It's just a little piece of plastic. Well, it has some kind of plastic coating on it, but it's really not the point. Right. When I go into an area, I know that people have had their boots on the ground. I'm not going back 20, 30 miles or whatever, 17 miles. But I want to go out and every time I want I go out, I want to feel like that's the first time. I've been there. Or I'm the first person, kind of that feeling, right? I know it's not, but um, I'm the first person that's been there. When I go in, again, if I drop a lint ball, I don't want the guy that's coming or the lady that's coming in, be it on any adventure, right? Hiking, biking, whatever it is. I don't want them to come in there and go, oh, look, some a-hole dropped this. Who do you think is going to get blamed for it? Who always gets blamed for it? Every Mm -hmm. bit of it, right? Us, hunters. But if we're doing Uh it, we're no better than the people that are trying to keep us off of, you know, keep us out of it and knock down opportunities if if we're just taking it for granted too. It just that's I a, don't know,
2: man. That's a sad thing, is that's what people see too, is that they, they see that trash, they blame it on hunters. What they don't see is the money and the time, the uh, most of us hunters, the majority of us hunters put in to our habitats, our you know conservation in general, you know, most of us, like or most hunters, I would say, uh, I guess I, I should generalize, but a lot of hunters are like you, y- you drop a, a mothball, lint ball down on the ground. You're going to pick that up. You're not going to leave it there because it's so precious, to you. you. You love being out there. I, so when I was in Colorado hunting this year, I, I found a, a spot where I was very secluded. Um, if, I don't know if you guys have ever hunted Colorado, but it's like a sea of orange. If you're hunting third <laughs> rifle in Colorado, I there are there. hunters everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. Seth was there. I could see him through my binos, but I say
3: we were a, a unit apart pretty much, but yeah, I was there. <laughs> he was that guy that I could see leaving all
2: the beer cans on top <laughs> of the over there, but <laughs> just kidding but anyways, uh, back to my story, you know, I found this spot where I was, was completely secluded. And I, and I thought that same thing as you thought, I was like, this is special. This is precious to me to have this piece of public land. This is, I'm a public landowner. I love those shirts, by the way, that say public landowner on it, but you know, this is public land where I can just really, truly be myself and enjoy. And to me, that's priceless. You know, I will spend, I do spend a lot of money every year to help support, you know, those public lands and, and conserving those public lands. I spend a lot of my time, you know, building guzzlers and building different things to help the wildlife in those areas. And so I, you know, I, I hope that for those out there listening, you know, maybe that aren't hunters. That's really where a lot of our time Time and effort and money, everything goes into is that stuff. So I hope people don't just see the the beer cans on this on the hill or the blown up TV or the blown up refrigerator, whatever people go out and shoot. I hope people see t- what we truly do. And we actually we post a lot of articles about this, about different projects that hunters and conservationists are doing. We post a lot about um, you know funding projects and you know whether they be federal funding projects or whether they be personal donations. I mean, we, as hunters, we are conservationists and we put a lot of effort into being that way.
1: You know, you brought something up interesting there. So when we talk about, you know, money going in, right. Everybody hollers, oh, I buy my tag, buy my license, uh, Pittman Robertson, blah, 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 blah. The same, same, sorry shit. Right. (laughs) Uh, Conversely though, I get it because some of the orgs come under scrutiny and some mm-hmm. fare very well and some don't fare very good at all right and then there's questions there um, for me you know I, I'm i a sportsman's alliance guy that's I aligned with sportsman's alliance that could change that may shift they may shift I'll make a change at, at the moment that's who it is where if somebody is, is concerned with orgs where can they go about inputting extra finance if they have it? it could be $10, right? Um, $5 a month, whatever, into an opportunity for conservation or, you know, um, land or whatever. Have you guys, do you guys or can you suggest anywhere that they can look at or go to that touches into some of that stuff that's maybe not an NPO because that's where a lot of scrutiny lies in a lot of folks?
2: Seth, well, you want to tackle it first? Yeah, so
3: an easy one, and I shouldn't say it's easy because some hunters may have an issue with their their local Division of Wildlife, but your local Division of Wildlife is always looking and asking for donations. And by and large, that money goes directly back into the wildlife. Some states, it can get a little hair, hairy with general funds and how they work through the government, but, but by and large, many of the, the local you know, division of wildlife areas or, uh, departments, I should say that money goes directly to stuff happening in your state, especially if you're trying to put it into your state, that that's a a quick and easy one. That's not an organization that if you're having an issue with, or, or you're a little bit worried about their actual overall goal, um, you can do it that way.
2: Yeah. And that's actually one that I was going to kind of recommend. I have a really good friend um, that is a, he's a wildlife biologist here in Utah. And we actually talked about this very topic just recently about, you know, how can we support financially? How can we support them as an agency or whatever state you live in, whatever, you know, department that, that, you're with, or that takes care of the lands that you hunt. Um, how can we support them financially? And we did talk about MPOs and he did recommend that you know there's some MPOs that um, they're kind of in it for the money, and it gets a little bit gray, a little bit hairy going with some of those. But he, you know, he recommended even working with some of them and looking at the specific projects. And, and if you read in those specific project that MPOs are doing, you know it'll list where that fund, where those funds are going. Um, and there are a lot of great ones. Uh, in fact, uh, the winter range foundation is one that is just starting up that I, I really um, support and love and like, and I think that's, they got a lot of potential there. But if you look at what he says, if you look at the specific um, projects that they're doing, you can see where that funding going. And he says that if that funding, if it does stay that funding is going to a certain agency, whether, you know, Utah DWR, that they will get that funding and, and he's, he's like, I see it every single day. That funding comes in and he's like, I just did a bear collaring project and all that money came from, from an MPO. So I, I don't want to disregard MPOs completely because they, they are um, beneficial. And if you use them right, they can help fund a lot of these projects. But Seth's right. I mean, whatever your thoughts are on your local um, wildlife office, I, you can donate there and, and that helps a lot. And then I would say probably the number one thing, you know, time is money. And so maybe it's not, you know, giving them a check or you're giving them a dollar bill, but it's giving them your time, you know, there's, there's some great pro- programs out there. I think Utah hit it right on the head with their dedicated hunter program. They require hours to be part of that dedicated hunter program. And so I, you know, stuff like that is absolutely amazing. And so if you're able to donate your time to some of these projects and some of the things that the, your local agency is doing, I think that is probably the most helpful and my friend that's a biologist, he would say the same things.
1: I actually brings up some good points, right? Because going that route, I, I think you're more likely to be heard, right? It's a It's having a direct impact on a lot. Well, there's some folks that, you know, I know folks here in California that are like, I'll never hunt California again. Well, you're, I get it. But at the same time, you're hindering what you could be helping by having that that attitude, right? It's not going to get any better unless we take action. So if you're going directly into DWR, CDFW, um, Colorado parks and wildlife and, and looking to make an impact time is huge, but having those contacts and having the conversations and making those donations um, right there, I think you, we, not just you, we get a bigger voice. And if you're taking your voice and you're spreading that message, there's a gentleman here in California. I'm going to look him up. I want to mention him here. And he has a, he started a podcast, um, probably a year or so ago. I want to say, let me see if I could find him. Um, but that's what he's doing. I mean, he's, he started his podcast and he's really trying to make the impact here. I don't remember his name. i I'll figure it out. Um, and he's going straight to CDFW and, and trying to discuss these issues and, you know, they're set up virtual meetings and you can get into these meetings and, and have input with the people that are making the decisions um, for your local area. So that's, that's a huge thing to be a part of. Um, even if you, even if you have the NPO that you're backing, think about the energy and effort. Uh, are you really putting in, or are you just sending your $35 to get your public landowner t-shirt Taryn? Uh, right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> hey, it's a cool shirt,
2: man. Oh, <laughs> um,
1: you know what I mean? But that's a lot of it. Right. And that's where, yeah. okay. that's where I just go. Oh no, I, you know, don't check the no box, right? Check the no box yeah. on the gift because that's money. Yeah. And I don't care which one it is, public land t-shirt, whoever, sportsman's Alliance. You know, if, if we donate, my wife donated, you want, this stuff. Hell no. Just send the donation and get the little letter that they give you. But that's money out of their pocket to incentivize us To support some shit we should already be supporting. Let's like, what do you, you know what I mean? Get the membership and buy the shirt separately. Now, if they got a thousand shirts for $15 a shirt and the shirt's $35, now you've doubled up and you got your shirt, right? It's it's an easy fix if we take action and we look at this outside of this. I want this shit on my shirt. You know what I mean? Come on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Come on. And that's another thing is
2: you got to go above and beyond that thirty five dollar membership. Let's be honest, that thirty five dollar membership that's just keeping the lights on on an NPO. I, I don't know if anybody out there is professional at NPOs, but it takes a lot of money to run an NPO. You got to pay for things. I mean, you have licenses you have to get. There's a lot of different things. A lot of money going out the door for an NPO. And so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean. Don't send me the gift, but then I'm going to give my $35 for a monthly fee. But I'm also going to, you know, if I, if I get a bonus at work, Hey, I'm going to donate a little extra money because, you know, especially if it's something that means something to you and you guys will see this on our website a lot. There's all these different projects happening that's going on where you can go and help out or whatever. And, you know, like, like for me, I hunt in Southern Utah. That's where I'm at every single year. When I see a project come up for Southern Utah, the Mule Deer Foundation is doing or whoever's doing it. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation does a lot around here. Whoever they're doing, I'm like, all right, okay, this is directly, directly going to benefit me as a hunter where I hunt, what I do and is honestly my biggest passion in my life. I'm going to help out that, that specific project. I'm going to give a little bit extra than my, just, just my $35 a month. <laughs> or year, whatever it is nowadays, they're cheap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not, when you look at it, right. And and talking to Brian Lynn over at Sportsman's Alliance and we had, we had a discussion about it and he goes, and he said the same thing. He goes, dude, it's not, it's not a small drop in the bucket, right? If you're, you know, you're going to state legislatures, you're going to the national level, right. And you're sending people that, Need to get paid to do the job. Right. So there's, there's all these things that we don't think about. They're not just saying, okay, here's, you know, here's a thousand donations of $35 and we're dumping it into this project. It doesn't work like that. Right. Those projects have, they have to crawl before they can walk. Right. And, and they're not going to see their, their end result for, you know, get through those stages. Right. I mean, it just, it's not going to happen. So to be, yep. to be cognizant of that and to put our better foot forward, you know, we got to step up to the plate. Um, and I, I don't know, man, it, it's, we, we there's just so much against us right now. Yeah. We, we have, I mean, think about yeah. it in, in the last, well, shit, it's been, it's been almost two years under this stuff. <laughs> I, I don't like want to earlier the scam Yeah, I don't, don't <laughs> want to use the trigger words to show my biases or, or set anybody <laughs> off. But it's been two years, and in that two years, think about the amount of things that we have seen. I mean, think when we first sat down at, at Hunt Expo, there was issues, yeah. but there wasn't issues like the issues we've seen in the last couple oh of years. And hell. you're talking. Dude, there, it's got to be in almost every single freaking state at this point that has hunting opportunities. There was something that tried to go through, sneak through, that got past, that killed some type of opportunity. And, and it's unfortunate, right? Because when we look at it and you see the opportunity that got killed, uh, trapping, right? The the trapping yep. issues, right? Yep. Uh, Archery's like, fuck about trappers. Yeah, who D- cares? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care for, about right. those guys. And then the bird dog guys, oh God, they're, they're anti-trapper for, you know what I mean? And I'm broad stroking right. here, not all right. of them, but hey, that's a risk to their dogs. And I get that, but it's opportunities and it's the primitive opportunities we will say that are going to get hit the fastest. And once we start mm-hmm. losing those, it's just going to goes downhill. Or in this case, it's going to go uphill to where we're going to see, that's why- you know, what's, what's next after trapping what's in line, bows, right? Bear hunting. Then, you know what I mean? It just, it just goes method of take is, is what they're going to attack.
2: Yeah. That's why people got to pay attention. That's the thing. And I hope everybody that's listening to this podcast, every hunter out there is, paying attention to what's going on around you that's something that we try to do i mean that's really kind of the point of bringing e-hunter all together was to make sure everybody knew what was going on because they do you're right they they have snuck a lot of stuff in like there's been a lot of really ridiculous stuff that's coming even in a state like you said in states that you wouldn't even think about it's everywhere but like here in Utah, you know, game cameras and baiting and stuff like that has come to the top of the list of stuff that's trying to get passed and changed and and whatnot. So, uh, my biggest recommendation for everybody out there is uh, is just pay attention to what's going on around you, whether it's hopping on eHunter and looking at what articles are being posted i mean a simple google search will tell you what's going on but yeah you got to pay attention and and actually seth you brought up a good point with the bear hunting bear hunting is a pretty hot topic right now too
3: yeah predator predator hunting in general i mean you think about how many states have banned coyote contests um trapping bear hunting I mean, wolves, obviously, it's always a a hot button topic that each state's going to argue back and forth about what to do. And that's where they're going to attack first because they can say, oh, you're not eating it. This is barbaric, you know, the the same old lines that we always hear. Um, And obviously, those people have never had a really nice carne asada bear steak. (laughs) Cut that stuff thin, cook it hot. But the the point I'm making is that's where they're going to attack first. And then, like he's like the guy said, it's just going to slowly snowball. It'll be dove season. You know, nobody's hunting doves anymore or whatever. And and before you know it, we're all
1: in trouble. Yeah, they they got like here that hunting out by the date farms and stuff is a thing. There was a pellet in my date, so you know we're gonna ban dove hunting. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? That's not happened yet, but I might have given them an an idea there. (laughs) Yeah, uh, snowballs. It's just scary, man. It's just so much, so so much that we're up against. So Seth says something there. And I kind of lost it with my stupid dove comment. Um, How do we, uh, how do we do better? Right. How do we do better? How do we take a more proactive approach one? And then how do we explain what it is we do? Because our argument is, is always the same. I said a, a couple of the points earlier, Pittman Robertson conservation. We always talk that, right? Oh, full freezer. I feed my family. Da, 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 da. While the other side is like, you murderous, look at this furry, cuddly, endangered animal that you want to kill, kill, kill. So they're hitting all this emotional, these emotional strings, right? They're tugging on. And then we want to come with our facts, but it's really, we're not really given the story, right? We're not telling them everything. We just come with, I feed my family like that. Or there's a lot of people that are like, F you. It's what I want to do. And I'm going to continue doing it. It's my writer privilege. How do we, how do we combat ourselves in that realm? Well, you know, there was, and
3: I don't know, maybe Karen can keep track of this. At one point in time, they were, they were doing a movie. That was actually supposed to be a big time production that was talking about the overall benefits of hunting. And it showed the actual effort and process that goes into it. And I'm not talking like, you know, something you see on the outdoor channel. There was an actual movie that was being produced and I haven't heard anything since I I heard it was being produced. I haven't followed through it. And I think not necessarily. Let's, let's be honest. We're never going to change the minds of anyone that is true anti-hunting. I mean, that's the, the fallacy with debates and everything else. Debates are not for the people that their opinions are decided. The, the debates are for the people that don't know. And that's who we have to reach is, is the people that, that may not necessarily hunt, but are okay with it or, or are interested enough to be like, you know what? I, I, I would never do it, but I see the process and respect what they're doing um, and, and things like that. Something that gets that to the masses and, and There's ways to go about it. Not necessarily has to be, you know, media, but I mean, internet, we, we have a lot of tools at our fingertips to be better about that and push that forward, but that's going to take uh, a unified front and something I seen not to derail us too far, but something I seen that was wildly different is when the potential for the California bear ban this year came up, hunters across the country were very strongly supporting hey you can't ban bear hunting in california but when the bear ban in new jersey came up nobody said a word and now bear hunting's banned in new jersey and whether that's because the contingent of western guys are like eh it's new jersey it's not my problem we as a as a a hunting collective need to come together and fight for everybody's right we can't be, like you said, the bird dog guys can't be like screw your traps or screw your, your bear hunting or whatever else. We all need to be like, you know what? It may not be my style of hunting, but it's hunting and it's a loss that will eventually lead to more losses. Um, and, and that shows you the proof right there. And whether it was the Western guys or whoever, but the support for the, the California bear ban of, hey, you're not going to do this versus what happened in New Jersey
1: just goes to show we're not unified enough now. I didn't even hear about, I didn't even know there was bears in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, right. And I'm not going to defend myself. I was, you know, cause a lot of that stuff you see on social is really what triggers it. Right. Is a guy will right. post like, you know, here it was Charles with that, with that thing. And he's been great. He, you know, did that with the pigs a couple of years ago and said, Hey, look at this bill. Um, right. and really got that going. So I'm not going to blame, anyone but the guys in that state, did you not get boisterous enough? Did you not look at what happened or are we not connected, which sounds odd, right? Right. Enough to our entire demographic across the nation. So we're, when this stuff happens, maybe that guy doesn't have the wherewithal, right? Uh, There's always some excuse um, to spread the info and say, Hey, we need your help. Right. Right. I know. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, so
3: I think it was the New Jersey chapter of Back Hunters, what is what is, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, mm-hmm. that tried to bring out the information. Um, we covered it, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it just it just seemed to die on the vine. I mean, the the social media posts weren't strong, and like we didn't get the following we got because we covered the California one too, and and we had way more clicks on the California one. Way more people interested. And that's why I, I truly don't know what caused that. If it is truly just, oh, it's a, a small northeastern state, we don't care. Versus, you know, maybe it's because California is a hotbed for political fights all the time. And let's be honest, the bear hunting contingent in New Jersey's obviously much smaller and much more outnumbered uh, politically. But I, I don't really know why I can't give you an honest reason why the two didn't get the similar amount of support, but it's probably multiple reasons. Like you said, it's probably not enough, you know, social media push when it first happened. Maybe it's something to do with, I'm not a Northeast hunter. What is, like you said, is there even what kind of bear hunting is going on in New Jersey? You know, you know, there's a lot of reasons as to why that potentially didn't get the, the following but it all comes back to we need to look at that and see okay why did that happen can we be better next time so something like this doesn't happen
2: it's really interesting because we'll post an article about eastern whitetail hunting. And and it's interesting the demographic that likes that or reads that that article, and then we'll post something in Western, and it's a completely demographic. You know, th- people in the East don't pay attention to the West; West don't pay attention to the East, and and we need to bridge that gap somehow. You know, we I feel like there there is that gap between the two, and I and I, I hope I'm not segregating those two too much, but I, I feel that like that's where our biggest advantage is. Honestly, if we can bring those two together, Western, you know hunting whatever that looks like elk backcountry hunting whitetail hunting in in tennessee whatever the case may be bring those two together i think that's where our biggest opportunity is because yeah you're right if it's an eastern topic yeah western people really don't pay too much attention to it unless they have some kind of incentive to pay attention to it
1: but we have stake across the board now right because because these these organizations that are that are pushing this stuff They're not fighting in just New Jersey. That's not just a New Jersey issue. These are issues that they're hitting in every single state. And as soon as they get a foothold in, and they win a battle like that, it's going to make it easier in another state, right? Because now you have some politicians that don't want to piss off constituents that maybe have that feel, and 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 the organizations on the other side do. They're way better than we are. Way better than than what we got because they've been playing this game for. 50 freaking years and and yep. they have they just have it right i mean they got the experience they win in one place we better we better be looking for the next one and we better be out in front of the next one right california <sighs> California was lucky not to lose that. And and thank goodness that everyone stepped up to help that. Even people, you know, um, I had friends saying, Hey, I hit your, I hit that wiener guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw some that weren't great either. Right. And that's a detriment where they're slamming him. You, you know, wiener, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, right. look, don't go about it like that. Whatever you think of the guy, you don't know him be professional. Right. And, and, and talk to him reasonably and tell him why. Don't go and attack the man. He's not going to listen to us. Just, you know, anywho, I, I, I'll go all over the place with these topics because it just drives me crazy because it's we're, we're our own worst enemy in it. But we have to wake up to the fact that this is part of the plan to take it away everywhere. Right. Yeah. And they're going to go one state at a time and they're going to circle back around. And And New Jersey is just the tip of the iceberg. And really what we have to do is we, you know, we have
2: to use the platforms that we have to get the information out there so that people are educated, they know what's going on in the world, and then we speak to everybody. You know, I, I get excited when I see Western Contours has a new follower on Instagram or whatever, because that means one more person is hearing our message, this collective message that we're putting out there that we don't want to lose what we have. In fact, we want to gain more. We want more opportunities. We want the passion that we have to go to our kids and our grandkids and for hundreds of generations afterwards. So what we have to do as hunters, outdoorsmen, sportsmen, whatever you want to call us, is we have to take every opportunity we can to share our message in the right way, you know, make sure it's coming across the right way. We share that message with everybody that we possibly can. And and for those that have platforms to do so, get it out there.
1: I was reading about this, uh, this New Jersey thing, man, this, this has been going on for a while. I mean, this one article is from, from uh, early 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty scary that it was, flying you know under the radar especially because we were going through it in so many states right you had the Oregon thing or the beaver thing in Oregon you had the bears here New Mexico with the uh, with the trapping and and you know the list goes on and on and on and I never I'm gonna have to look man and smack myself on the head I never saw anything (laughs) about this uh, coming down but you know just reading through this I mean, they were up against it, right? You have the Sierra Nevada, the Sierra Club of Nevada, right, is on here quoted on this article talking about New Jersey and holding that administration responsible. And it's just like, think about that, right? They're the Western half of the aunties care. We better flip and care. I mean, just, yep, exactly. you know what I mean? It's like, yep. this well, is man, what we're man. up against. And, and if it was our apathy and our lack of taking action that did this, then shame on us. Yep. You know, they were, they won the fight at, and and I'm just saying it. They won the fight fair and square right yeah and then that's that's what they did people say why you say that you are uh, they wanted fair yeah. and square because we didn't we didn't go in to to win the game right yep you, you can't go in and and think you're you know i'm not gonna do nothing i'm gonna just sit back and they're gonna win every single freaking time is what's so scary to me um, see vegas uh
3: they did the same thing they tried to float a uh banning hunting bear with hounds And I think it was Sportsman's Alliance this year that stood up to him and said, no, we're not going to play that game, but that's what we need to do on all of it. I mean, every bit of it that comes up, we just have to, we have to show a united front and, and get support behind us and be like, no, we're not, we're not losing anymore.
2: And we got to take advantage of opportunities that come up little things. I mean, again, go back to the, we got to pay attention. You know, we just posted a thing about goals, turkeys in New Mexico. And I don't know if you guys are turkey hunters, but I've got friends that that is what they live and Die by is turkey hunting. That's all they ever want to do. And here's another opportunity. But if nobody pays attention to it, if the elk guys don't pay attention to it, the deer guys don't pay attention to it well, I'm sorry, that little turkey group is not going to get that to come through. We're not going to be able to get that. But if everybody comes at it at a collective front and knows what's going on, Man, we
1: have so much more power behind us. That's that's huge, right? Now the turkey slam going from four birds to five. What yep. you know what no I mean? Yes. That's a big awesome. deal. <laughs> you know, that'd be like that'd be like some undiscovered you know, undiscovered elk herd somewhere sitting. Um, that's a big freaking deal. It's yeah. like the you know, the two elk here in California. They're endemic to California. You can't hunt them anywhere else in the world. That's a big deal. So if exactly. uh, New Mexico gets to hunt golds, I mean, how long were they on the list? It's been on the federal Starless list insane. for the-
2: 1974. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right, it's been so, a long time, and everybody, you have to go to Mexico to hunt mm-hmm. them, you know. And it's it's been expensive. It's been hard to do. I mean, trying to cross the border with the firearm is tough as is. And so, to have an opportunity here in the United States to hunt golds, Hell <laughs> yeah, huge. that'd be cool. Yeah,
1: that's huge. But
2: again, it's going to take the entire collective. It's the the turkey, the Wild Turkey Foundation, and all those turkey hunters. Uh, it's just not a big enough group to push the the directive, the agenda, the way it needs to go. And so as hunters, as conservationists, however, however you want to word us, we all need to get behind it. And I mean, just, a, a small example, I, you can, there's thousands of examples of things that we need to help stop and there's thousands of examples of things that we need to help push and and we've got to be there because like you said in new jersey they did it the right way yep at the end of the day they passed it the right way and it's all legit
1: we need to do the same thing You, you know what i'd like to see it'll never never happen in my lifetime actually it might with the golds thing to see us in a position to where we're trying to get opportunities back right i mean Example here in California, mountain lion ban in the 90s, right? Now they're on a temporary endangered list. You can't bring any parts or anything into the state from a legal hunt out of state, right? You can't bring any part of a lion in the state. Dude, there is no, we're killing lions on the road in the middle of the city, right? Yep. There's been sightings crazy. There's been sightings two miles from my house. I live in the middle of urban sprawl, right? My mountain to get to the foothills, I got to drive 23 miles to think that there's mountain lion sightings here. It's crazy to me, right? When, man, we need to start asking or looking at how do we get these opportunities back? The population is up. We know the population's up. Where's your counts, right? And how are you, they just put them on that temporary endangered list last year. How? Right. There's no count on it, but we're always in this defensive fight in this battle, right? It's always defensive. We don't have the money because we're not financing it or supporting it. You know, I'll say enough, to allow these groups to have a defensive and offensive side, it's always a defensive battle. So I'd love to see us in a position, man, where we get these opportunities back. Good on New Mexico and whoever started to push that forward to to realize, uh, you know, that five bird slam is is a possibility be pretty freaking awesome. That'd be you know, amazing. We kind of,
2: we've kind of been doom and gloom here a little bit, talking about all the, the, these negative things, but there are, there are a lot of groups out there doing a lot of good things, pushing for reintroductions or introductions or transplants, you know, um, done a lot of podcasts and and conversations with people that are transplanting sheep to different areas so that there's more opportunities for hunters or transporting elk to different areas for so that there's more opportunities and so there is actually a lot of cool stuff that's going on right now um and again we kind of like what we talked about in the beginning if you look at news a lot of it's going to be that doom and gloom because that's what gets the clicks Uh, we try to steer where steer away from that so we try to post all the good things um so that people can see that as well and they are out there so i just want people to to understand that there there are good things happening they just need more support they need us to to push and support more and do all that we can for them whether it be financially or whether it be you know our time talents whatever it takes
1: so seth you have anything that was actually a really good close right there uh seth you have anything to kind of wrap this up i think
3: i think taryn is the master of wrapping things
1: up Oh. that just triggered it, man. <laughs>
2: it's just innate, it just comes with the, the territory. Yeah.
1: The dude is a, a dude is a, a killer. So we'll, just, <laughs> we'll throw that out there.
0: Uh, well, sure. why don't
1: you why don't you tell folks where they can find E Hunter? Um, how they can support E Hunter is even better, right? Because if we can get this this approach grown larger, it's going to benefit all of us, I think, in the in the long run. So, how do they find you guys? Where do they find you and how they support you
2: you know the best place is go to our website ehunter.com it's e-h-u-n-t-r.com so remember it's electronic hunt resources ehunter for short that's really the best place to support us see what's going on i mean to support yourselves honestly if you're a hunter uh, you know I, I did a podcast with a, a guy a biologist in, in montana not that long ago. And he talked about when he wakes up in the morning, obviously this is his life, but when he wakes up in the morning, the first thing he does, he hops on three websites to see what's going on in the world of hunting. And eHunter is one of those sites. And so, that's what i would recommend for for us and for you um just to keep you in the loop so that you're not blindsided by some of this stuff when all of a sudden you know bear hunting's banned in your state or all of a sudden wolves are coming into uh northern utah or whatever the case may be you know you, you're not blindsided by that stuff so just go to hunter.com that's the best place we're on pretty much everywhere uh social medias web on uh facebook Uh, You can find us at eHunter, Instagram, eHunter underscore official. One thing that we are really trying to grow right now is our YouTube page. Um, Again, just trying to be that ultimate resource for everybody. So we do a lot of entertaining stuff, you know, videoing our hunts and and whatnot. but we're trying to do more uh, product reviews, how to's, just informational type stuff so that we can be that ultimate resource. So you can really find us at any of those places, but uh, like I said, the best place to be ehunter.com and Seth, would you agree with that? Anything you would add to that?
3: No you've you nailed it and if you really want to support us, I'm always looking for news writers. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a link on the website. you can click it, give us your information. We'll look through it, contact you, and see if it would work out for you. Because news cycle never ends, and I'd love to have somebody, some
1: extra guys, to help me cover it. So I'm I'm coming in with an opinion piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fine. Hey, I would love. <laughs> we would love it, it from you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with it, man. I'm I'm serious. Do do Definitely gonna do it. that. There's there. Yeah. you gotta have an opinion, right? They're like a holes, but I'd love to do that because I. I was going to be done with this. Right. And, and I was frustrated because I don't part of what I'm we've been talking about tonight. I just don't see the, the effort and the concern from our demographic. So I was just like, man, I'm done. And then I had people reach out like, Hey, what's going on? And I just, you know, I'm honest. So I'm like, Hey, I think I'm done. And they, you know, had some conversations and it kind of got my juices flowing again. Um, but I'm here to talk a little bit of S now and again, and Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be – I'm not going to bash anybody, right? But I want people to wake up to the concerns that we've been talking about and take action and do things that promote us in a light that is more than my new bow or binos or you know what i mean like we got to do more than just look at the material things of it and talk about our values and the struggles and the fights. so anywho i'm hitting you guys with it we'll talk about it uh, offline but i appreciate yeah. you guys coming on uh hunt expo we're sitting down i a booth again we got to do it um, it's the plan today yeah. let's do it we could yep. uh, we could do some more there those are fun little quick episodes and yeah i appreciate you guys jumping on We appreciate the time. Thank you. Absolutely, boys. Thank you for listening. Follow Western Contours on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up at westerncontours.com. Episodes are available on most major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.